example of how crazy things have been with children and work. Normally, I should say we're opposite each other. We're actually in the same room as each other. Yes. It's one of those rare Hello. schedules. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's one of those where weird schedules have allowed. But normally, before we start recording, before we press record, we'll talk for 15, 20 minutes, yeah. won't we? Yeah. And then it's suddenly, right, we've got to get it done because someone's got to run off. Um, I think today's pre-talk, and it's not talking about what we're going to talk about. No. It's just catching up. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> we're coming up for what a good hour and a half or yeah. so. <laughs> really long. <laughs> yeah. And it's Poor only it's only because I suddenly looked down and thought because we're recording this in the break in the Nito ATP finals. We're both doing the doubles matches today, mm-hmm. so we're recording this during the singles. I suddenly looked down and thought, if this match goes quickly, we might actually have to stop before we've even started. But it's just we're talking a little bit about. Look, everyone in their life juggles, but just juggling. In our case, it's it's children and work, but it's just sometimes the juggling gets a lot, doesn't it? Just trying to coordinate everything. And if one bit doesn't work, everything falls down. Yeah, it can, and then starts sort of piling up just on each, on each other. But I think, uh, yeah, for me, it's the nature of tennis, isn't it? We don't know when we're going to finish. Yeah, it's we true. We never do. Uh, it, it can be particularly challenging and it's difficult for everyone involved in tennis when it comes to scheduling most sports you've got a start time and a rough end time it's fairly fairly close but uh, with tennis you just have no idea something like Paris for example Paris Masters six matches in a day it's a lot isn't I it I mean you could have six one hour matches or you could have like we had six, <laughs> six two and a half hour matches and then that's taking up quite a long uh, long part of the day so it's just more um yeah, more than anything, it's fine having long days. It's just easier if you know how long your day is going to be. And then sometimes you're like, oh, we're finished. That was quick. And then other times you're thinking, wow, we're only on the second match here. And then if <laughs> we're working wrong. remotely, it's the rushing home. I might get back for bedtime. Yeah. I don't mind missing bath time. But if I just get back to say goodnight or if I get back in, so it's that constant. So I'm wondering if, if the life of a tennis player, did that prepare you for motherhood in that you don't know when things are going to, begin or end but then with babies sometimes you get that but sometimes you've got to be really routine certain things have got to happen at certain times with babies we're all about the routine must oh, say we okay. are routine lovers right. as, as parents that that is for sure <laughs> uh yeah and i just don't get i don't get that sort of routine with with work you know we work we, we can work loads of days in a row you do a full tournament and then you don't work for a week or whatever it, it can be fairly patchy um but you know on the flip side we have a wonderful job that uh, that i very much love it uh, for sure but it, it can uh, logistically present challenges when it comes to life yeah because i mean the, the most common question from my children if i'm working but i'm working so i'm going home every night so i'm not on site somewhere is yeah. when are you can be home and i think well we've been through this i don't know yeah. I mean, genuinely, I could give you a window Later. Of, <laughs> of possibly. So today I've said I'm pretty confident I'll be back before you go to bed. Yes, yeah, so it's actually much easier this week, isn't it? As yeah, in, this is easy. The days are fairly stretched out because we've got two sessions and there's quite a big gap in the middle of them because there's only four matches. But, you know, that you, you sort of know roughly what time you're going to be finishing within sort of an hour or two especially if you're on the, the late singles but you know yeah within, within you can you can you can sort of yeah or, or I will not be back before you yeah. go to bed but then the other side, thing I was telling you about that when we are working and, and being based home it's wonderful because you're at home but when you get home like I found last night is I've got to get the school uniform set out and the boys have different and some days they go in and peek it some days at school uniform I always forget and I'm always told the next morning mom it's not that day has the homework been done is that in the bag and we're coming out to that time of year we've got nativities 
There's Christmas oh, fairs. Yes. They oh. want donations of unloved toys. And we've got millions of cuddly toys. But when yep. you say to the boys, which ones don't you want anymore? I want all of them. Yeah. Well, you don't. You genuinely don't. <laughs> that one you haven't touched for a year. And then there's sort of tears. You try and sort of, and you feel so bad to sort of ripping away the little bunny rabbit that they haven't looked at yeah. in four years. So um, it's just all those things at this time of year. Everyone gets busier at this time of year. I, something about the winter and the Christmas. But yeah, there's all these different kind of fairs and stalls and things and events that I'm trying to remember. And I think as I get older, it gets harder. Yeah. And you're coming to the end of a long year work-wise. So it's... Uh, it's just getting a little bit tougher. And the, at the tennis moment. season goes out with a bang, right? Because it it's does. obviously all yeah. the season ending and it all sort of tag teams because you've got the Masters with with Paris, for example, the last big yeah. tournament. You've got the next gen, next gen in Milan. That's a, a huge event. At the same time, you've got the WTA Tour Finals in Guadalajara. And now we've got the World Tour Finals. Oh, I, sorry, I completely forgot about Billie Jean King Cup Finals. <laughs> sorry about that. We had the Billie Jean King Cup. It's, it's finals, finals, or everything. <laughs> it's the end of the year. It's almost like we're just shouting, it's the end of the year. <laughs> and then we will cap it all off with Davis Cup. That will finish. Yeah. And then it's a month off. Then. And there's a few exhibitions sprinkled in there. Ten- uh, yes. Tennis no, never stops. <laughs> it's Com- a month off for me. Completely. Yeah. Okay, so that's Naomi's schedule. Yeah. A month off. Uh, and pretty much mine too, but there are those little exhibitions. Yes. And bits and pieces dotted around. I have to say that I was working on the Billie Jean King Cup final, so yeah. I didn't forget that it took place. No. But it brought back during it a conversation we had a while ago mm. about playing in the team situation. Now, you weren't the massive fan, were you, of, no. the, of the team setup? And for me, it was just, I think I, I like the idea of, of the team, but then it's the pressure. And I remember when it, we're doing the World Feed commentary and it, it was just so fascinating to see the way different players react. And I suddenly thought for 99% of the year, you go out there on your own, you might not even have a coach beside you, or you've got your coach and your team, and you're the boss anyway. So even if you lose, you're not... You're, you're letting yourself down primarily. But then suddenly in this team situation, you've got the coach, the captain on the bench. I mean, they're going through the ringer. You've got all your teammates sitting there jumping up and down thinking, and you're thinking, gosh, am I going to make life hard for her because she's got to follow me and I've lost or what's going to happen? Are they? I mean, the pressure of looking over every time and seeing all these expectant faces, I can see, I, I don't know how I'd react in the situation, but I can see why people wouldn't want that kind of pressure when 99% of the time it's just yourself yep and that's why I hate it gosh absolutely hate it I should just clarify that it wasn't my team that I didn't enjoy (laughs) it wasn't anything to do with anybody else it was just a general team environment I deliberately chose an individual sport even though in the UK we as girls are very heavily encouraged into team sports I very much purposefully said no I don't want to do this all on my own I want all the glory and all of the failure all of the the regret I want it all Uh, and it was just something that uh, I found challenging and it it was just more than anything it was the responsibility for other people that I just didn't have when I was competing on my own I just like to sort of bear the brunt of it I was doing it for myself I'm a very selfish person like that's how I wasn't playing (laughs) tennis for anyone else that's what it was um so yeah it was it was a lot um but you do see so many players just really really thrive and uh, part of me always does think I wonder whether they just would have had a better life in a team sport but then you'd also have other teams where it's not so different because they support each other so well through the year so my two thoughts particularly on the men's side and I'm sure there are some some situations like this on the women's side as well I'm not 
it's not a difference but the ones that leap out to me are the Spanish men and they're just always sort of watching yeah, each other yeah. they they just are I mean I was watching Alcaraz play in Paris and you, there was always another Spaniard Spanish player watching I think PCB was out watching him at some point or whoever it might be uh, and also now the Russians the group of Russians they seem sort of very supportive of each other and the other. French players I get that feeling with the French yeah. as well yeah yeah absolutely um, and you sort of do feel that I feel like Alcaraz has really been welcomed into the Spanish like he's one of ours and you know they're really they're supporting so maybe it's less of a leap for them but there are other nations or or other other setups where it is just a little bit more individual and just sort of thrown together for for the tournament so it is a fascinating dynamic and quite the task for a captain were you were you happy that you you went through the challenge of being in a team situation did you get anything out of it or did you hate it as much at the end than you did as the beginning Ooh, did I get anything out of it I mean yes I suppose I well as in I, I really liked all of the people that I was, it was that was probably the problem is that I just liked people too much um and I, I, well, <laughs> I don't know if that's right maybe it's not right but just that um yeah I, I think I just wanted to win so badly for them it just so totally changed my mindset and so I just became more anxious on the court than I would have been so you couldn't be you you couldn't play your game you felt in that situation because you're putting too much pressure on yourself yeah I think so yeah I I think you're also sort of it's running through your mind what they're thinking as well you know I had quite a bold game where I would sort of go for it and you, you know if you it's much easier when you're quite relaxed and no one really cares if I just thump this forehand and it goes long if, if I thought it was the right thing to do then I thought it was the right thing to do but you start second guessing yourself because they're going to be thinking just make that return for God's sake it's break point just get it in uh, whatever it might be so it just sort of plays on, plays on your mind um, but it, yeah it, it, it's challenging it's an individual sport you know almost 99% of the time 95% of the time something like that and then very hard suddenly to go in that and maybe for some it's great because it's a change and it's different and it's exciting. And you do, you have that bond when you're all together. And the Russian Tennis Federation, as they were known, as they are known as that in team sports, were so supportive of each other. And Belinda Bencic, she had everyone paint every match, every tie they won and they got through to the final. Everyone had to paint a nail with nail varnish. Right. So everyone, from Heinz Gunther the yep. the captain to the the fitness staff to everyone painted a nail and they'd try and get the, little things like that you know little team things and I think the Russian tennis they were dressing up in Halloween outfits and saying that Igor Andreev the captain was going to have to wear a wig if they got through semi-finals I can tell you he didn't wear a wig <laughs> they got through to, he didn't even wear a wig when they won the thing but it's and you could see Daria Kasatkina her support of Anastasia Pavlichenkova and the other way around was incredible yeah. I mean truly Kasatkina just I mean it got to the point where they changed nomination and Kasakini was then not playing because she was so exhausted. Because it's also the energy that you're putting out there, just supporting your teammates. But then it, again, you've suddenly got that weight of expectation. And for me, it, it, it was strange. I say I'll never be in that situation, but I did wonder a few times how I would react and I could see how players don't react well because you step out of the court, you win it, you lose it. It's, it's your name, but it's not your name it's Switzerland, it's it's Italy, it's Spain, it's whatever it is. And, and just that pressure of if you don't win this, we're out. And, and that's not something you're used to. So I, I found it, I, I enjoyed the competition. Billie Jean King was there. Apparently she spoke to all the players, all the captains, was very much present. And uh, I think, look, there were the 12 nations under one roof. Russian Tennis Federation came out on top. And it was just difficult, though. This time of year is difficult because you got the players that weren't there 
because they were at the the WTA finals in Guadalajara for likes of the Muguruza and the, and the Bedosa. And you have to make these decisions. You have to prioritise. And at this time of year, it's tough because it is coming towards the end end of a long season and you can't do everything. You can't do anything. Uh, anything? Everything. Maybe you, you can't, can't do anything. <laughs> you can't do everything, uh, that's for sure. It's interesting as well, I think, with the women's side of things that it does feel like there's a bit of a shift at the top of the game. There's been quite a lot of chat yeah. about how nice and friendly and supportive it is. I mean, the battle between uh, Anjabur and Annette Kontovit was the friendliest rival <laughs> battle for the last spot in uh, Guadalajara that you could ever see. I would say that Ons did, as much as everybody loves Ons, and Annette equally, they are both very popular people, Ons did end up withdrawing as she was would have been an alternate. Yep. She decided not to go. So maybe she secretly knew she wasn't going to be able to play anyway because she was injured and that actually Annette taking it That was her, the best result. It sort of worked out okay because she was very relaxed about it. Hey, have my dress. It's... <laughs> I know, I was reading that thinking, wow, okay, that, that's she's taking it really well. But the whole bunch in Guadalajara, it's a really friendly, lovely, but immensely and fiercely competitive on the court, but without that um, outside sort of um, little bit of needle that you often get in individual sports. I'm not saying where it is, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, because a lot of people like that. I've always personally thought that in general in tennis everybody's a bit too nice uh, off the court and then it not not for any reason other than it's just entertaining for me when people know <laughs> each other it's just purely so selfish. you want more needle in Guadalajara it's well, not enough needle for you well I, I don't know it, I'm, I am sort of enjoying the fact that it's so friendly oh you because, are okay yeah because we did have a bit you're of softening in your old age game. aren't you yeah because we you know with Serena <laughs> and Sharapova they're very much sort of lone wolves I mean I know Serena had a sister of course Venus but it was um, you know, it, it felt quite insular that they were just getting on with business. And you also almost felt like, I mean, these players, I don't think they speak to anyone when they leave the court. They just, they sort of have their cocoon of their well, It's team. a job, isn't it? In yeah, exactly. Job, leave. And it was just sort of ruthless. And, you know, I'm not here to make friends. I think it was Jeannie Bouchard who said something like that along the way. Yeah. And, and, and we, we had that era. And, and I, I thought it was fine. I had no issue with it at all. I wasn't sitting around wishing that people were more friendly. Well, I sort of understand, because you don't necessarily have to get on with everybody you work with. Of course not. And so why do we assume that they have to, everyone has to be best friends. You've got different personalities, different characters. You've got different ages. You've got a, you've got a kid who's just coming onto the scene and you've got a, a veteran in her late 30s. Why do they have to be best friends? Yeah, it's, it's also really tough to be friendly with somebody and then quickly turn on the sort of competitive nature yeah. on the court. It, it can be really difficult to do that, but it seems like they're doing that really well. So I am enjoying that sort of friendliness at the, at the top of the game I, I wouldn't mind it either way I sort of like it when it gets a little bit heated and we go oh here we go this is interesting but I also like it when everyone's just having a lovely time and you think wow who wouldn't want to be a top 10 tennis player right now yeah no it's incredible I love the strength and depth I love that competition at the top of the game at the moment I love the fact that it went down to the wire as in who was going to be there I love the results we're getting in Guadalajara I love the crowds we've been getting in it's great isn't it in Guadalajara what a success and especially wow. after having to miss it last year not in Guadalajara in Shenzhen yeah. to not have the tournament and it's just it's been awesome yeah. they've absolutely nailed it they have, haven't they? I mean, there's an argument just to, just the way the crowds have come out and supported them and the way the players have been playing. Now, I think it's been fabulous. that There were some notable names missing, but it sounds awful. I don't think they've been missed. No. Sounds awful to say that. Well, yeah, I, I think it, when Guadalajara was announced, there was a little bit of a raised eyebrow. It sort of came out of the blue to be in Guadalajara and, and, and not somewhere else. <laughs> and then also that did provide difficulties for somebody like an Ash Barty to... Yeah to get there or, or, or whatever 
may happen but oh it's been an absolute triumph it's been a fantastic it's not even over yet but it's a, a fabulous fabulous tournament i think it's looked great on tv i think the crowds have been absolutely fantastic so so lively it's also worked out well because we had a couple of spanish players there and they didn't know that when they agreed the guadalajara thing but that does help because they've very much been supporting them so i think it's been uh, it's been awesome um yeah i can't wait to see who wins it i don't know i, I I did the final of the tournament in Romania, the Transylvania Open in Cluj, and watched Annette playing. Transylvanian Open, it's just great, it's great. isn't it? Oh, yeah, Dra- Dracula did the coin toss, it's brilliant. I tried to come up with as many sort of puns and things like that as I could, but it was, it was quite tragic. We lost a child while out trick-or-treating on the, on the front. Oh. Well, not permanently, and, and I, I didn't lose them. There were lots of groups of us, and we all split into little groups. Yeah. And my little group, sorry to veer off from Dracula. Lost, lost a child. My, my little group stayed together. No, 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 my little group stayed together oh. wonderfully. But when everyone got back, someone said, where's, where's X? And everyone just looked around saying, I haven't seen X. And, and wonderfully, X was fine. He had just, because it was one of these, it was a group of roads and, and there was lots of people doing it. He had just, he was a zombie, I think. Yeah. As a zombie, he had just sort of wandered off into another group. And he was very happy. And he came back smiling with this bucket full of sweets. He had a great old time. But there was a, yes, we'd sort of mislaid a, a child for a while. But all was fine in the end. <laughs> it wasn't Dracula, though. It wasn't Dracula. The zombie came back. Everyone was fine. And everyone was filled with sugar. Well, I must say, a big, big effort for them getting the Transylvanian Open off the ground on Halloween weekend. Dracula was free. He was at every single match. Of course he was. I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was Do you a, mean yeah. Dracula, someone dressed as Dracula? Someone dressed as Dracula was... was no, I didn't mean fire. actually Dracula, but uh, as in there was someone in full costume. Yeah, full costume, makeup, the works, teeth, Ma- at it all. Yeah, I, oh, and did the coin toss as well, I think, for the one of the semi-finals. What, Dracula. Yes. And why didn't he do it for the final? And then weirdly, I think he was he was sat next to Dmitry Tursunov in Annette Kontovitz's box, and they were having a lovely chat, but she was playing against Halep, and I was thinking, wouldn't you be supporting the Romanian if you were Dracula? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Was he not brought back for the final then, Dracula? Are you telling me that he... was he... there the whole time, he just didn't do the coin toss, I don't think. Right, okay, um, fine. But, but he did not miss a set. He loves, Dracula loves his tennis, who'd have known? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's some breaking news but I think you're right it, it, it sounded like it was a, and they had Emma Raducanu out there and who was speaking Romanian wasn't she on she call? was speaking Romanian yes and you had Simona Halep who is of course their superstar I mean they've, they've adopted Emma that's fine uh, and uh, no it was a fabulous event I really enjoyed it but my point was going to the Transylvania Open I mean Annette Kontovit the level that she produced was absolutely sensational Dmitry Tursunov has clearly done a fantastic job in terms of their partnership uh, so so aggressive not surprised at all I mean you know we talk about the the thing between her and Ons Jabura for that last spot she literally had to win two tournaments in a row to get there and that's what she did it's just it's mad and we've seen it before we, it's happened before so it was so impressive so I'm not surprised she's in the semis and it's sometimes just about having a change isn't it because she was working with Nigel Sears yeah. for a long time they parted ways and she was without a coach for a bit just taking her time and then you talked about the Tursunov partnership and it's just sometimes a breath of fresh air a different word maybe it's being at a stage of your career and we've spoken about this before with other players they're ready to listen they're ready to make the change they're ready yeah. to maybe hear some some home truths where maybe in previous years they wouldn't have accepted it or put in the work to make the changes yeah it could just sort of fall into place yeah. uh, and I, yeah that maybe that's right i mean she's already always been a worker um but my word she's being so so aggressive and yeah she's one of the best players out there at the moment in the final four amazing isn't it so you talked about a couple of triumphs which were 
Guadalajara, which hasn't finished yet, and the Transylvanian Open with complete with Dracula. How was baby Fernando's first birthday party? Do we put that down as a, a triumph and have you recovered? It was a triumph. <laughs> uh, absolutely. No, it was It was good. Yeah, it was really good fun. Uh, we didn't really do anything for him. We, oh, okay. We didn't really... Did you have a lovely day, the two of yeah, you? Yeah, so we didn't really feel like, oh, well done you, you're one years old. We were very much sort of, well done us. We've done a fabulous We've made job. it. <laughs> we've done a fabulous job. We deserve a reward. We didn't get him anything or anything like that. He's one, he doesn't know. Uh, we did take him, we had a lovely family day out. We went to the Science Museum, um, which is awesome for little ones. So we just had a... Or was it awesome up. for adults and little one would just happen to be there? No, that we did that for him, but we didn't buy him anything. But we bought ourselves a very nice bottle of wine and... <laughs> That's a nice evening. Uh, mate, did you do a cake smash? You didn't, did you? Uh, no. Well, I must say that Ben made a phenomenal cake in the uh, shape of number one. Did your child put his head in it? Uh, no, he had some, but no, he didn't do. Didn't, we didn't do a cake full cake smash. Ben's not very into tidying up things and mess in general. So. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So that was the reason for it, sort <laughs> general, of general, general mess. No, but we all enjoyed the cake, and it was it was delightful. Yes. No, really great birthday, and yeah, I now have a one year old. Can't believe it. Wow, that's gone so quickly, hasn't it? It has. I remember doing all those podcasts when you were getting ready to have baby Fernando. That's it. And all the, the unknowns it. and no, not knowing what was happening. Here we are a year later and it's, you're balancing the two. Yeah. You're still afloat. <laughs> Just. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been good. We've been very, very lucky. He's been uh, you know, fairly smooth uh, for the most part. It and could all you, change. you've been doing drills with him, haven't you? I didn't know you were this hardcore with your throwing, catching balls, yep. special balls. Like, there's me thought you might do the odd thing, but you've got like, what, webbed balls that are certain. Yep. You didn't give me any of these little tips, but you've been like, sort of army regiment training baby Fernando. Done a lot of ball work. Um, we've done a lot of physical work no I felt like I I did do some sort of quality sessions with him each day a lot of rolling and then we moved on to bouncing throwing and catching uh, all that sort of thing Um, and yeah he's a big fan Uh, uh, tennis balls rugby balls as well um, it's the fact you're calling them sessions. Yeah, no. I mean, that's very professional. Even from about three months old, yeah, I was sessions. Like, right, we're doing a physical session right now. <laughs> Are you ready? Off we go. You just look at me. Like, oh, what's going on? So, I mean, look, I'm well aware he's going to hate me at some point, but, <laughs> you know, that's just how it is. I've got to go and watch. Uh, uh, watch the film on Richard Williams, uh, King Richard. No, I don't think. Tips. No, I don't think you should. <laughs> I don't think you should. I don't think you look. If you're giving your child sessions at like two months old or something, please don't go and watch a film. Yes, he produced two phenomenally successful children, tennis players, entrepreneurs, businesswomen. Don't take any ideas, please, from Richard Williams. <laughs> Didn't he have the tennis racket in Venus Williams? Hand when she was born, literally a few hours after. Well, yeah. I mean, there were all these sort of like you know prodigy type stories aren't there uh you know for example didn't tiger woods has done some extraordinary stuff i think at 18 months he like i think he i think what did he take a seven on like a 400 yard like a par four or something did he i can't remember i don't know it's on wikipedia but uh that's the sort of timeline we're aiming for (laughs) (laughs) no it's not it's not really do you Um, think we'll ever see the likes of of that again the story of serena and williams and Will Serena and Venus Williams and what Richard Williams did? I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Because we, it feels like in history, so often people say we're never going to see it again, and then it it, it happens. Or we assume right when there is a when there is a prodigy. I imagine them probably an element of this about Emma Raducanu. You suddenly look at the parents and think, well, they must have been doing sessions since she was born, and that might not just 
that might not be the case, but because parents are involved, meaning they are present and around, people suddenly make these comparisons. But it doesn't mean they're the right comparisons. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Just because they're sort of there watching matches and are, as you say, involved in the, the career it is suddenly, you know, you know, Richard Williams is sort of always held up as the... the Almost the original. The, ori- <laughs> the original, very intense... Wow parent i don't really know how to explain it but uh yeah comparisons are are sort of um often made uh but yeah i mean but even we well, maybe the, i haven't seen the film yet but maybe that will because no, they produced the it haven't they they, well, they've been they were heavily, heavily involved in it heavily involved maybe they're executive producer or i don't know something but they've been involved so i imagine it will shed some light as to what what actually did go on um when they, when they were younger but it is, you know, it, it's interesting because it's the same with, say, for example, Emma with her dad. I know that one of the most read articles post the US Open win was about her parents and her upbringing and what they did. And it is just that desire of how to create this successful child. But, you know, I don't, and, and, I don't and, know if that's the case. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not sure we, we've found that answer yet to Emma Redekon. And people still wondering how she did what she did at, at the US Open. Is there a simple, straightforward answer? Probably not. But as you say, they looked at the parents. Well, what did they do? And yes, of course, there are there are values and there are elements of your upbringing. But I think people, as you say, want to look, well, maybe it's the father and maybe he's like Richard Williams. And maybe this is why this happened, because cause we have that... We have that Richard Williams and, and how and what he did with his daughters, which is phenomenal. But well, I do really think that, that that parents being involved now is becoming more and more common, um, and more sort of normalised. I think so, more in coaching capacities. Oh, is in parents coaching? Parents in sort of in the coaching capacities, and particularly on the men's side, because back when Judy Murray was heavily involved with with Andy, and she was the one scouting the opponents, doing the video analysis, and very very involved with his tennis. Uh, when he was you know, playing in slams and very much up at the top of the game, she was pretty much the only one on the men's side. It, it's always happened on the women's side. But as we say, it, it, historically, it sort of has strayed into um, the too intense, you know, sort of parenting, coaching, blurred lines type thing, and it, it hasn't necessarily been a desirable thing. Whereas I think fast forward to now, and you look at a lot of parents involved, and it feels like they're just involved, passionate, doing a good job, getting experts in when they need to. Not all of them, they're not all doing it in the same way, but it feels more and more common that you've got um, parents in the box. As I say, on the men's side, it's now um, it seems to be coming up more and more. And also um, childhood coaches as well, Lorenzo Massetti working with a childhood coach. So people that You find that a lot stability. with the Italians, don't you? The Italians talk a lot about this bond. It's almost like a their coach is almost like a father figure that they've been with since the age of sort of 11 or 12. Yeah, I know we've seen Tessa Shapovalov in the box a long time with uh, with Dennis being heavily involved. There's Vera, um, Alex Verov Sr. as well, um, you know, just to name a couple. Um, but it really was quite unusual, I think, uh, I think before. Um, and as I say, you sort of had it on the women's side, but it was seen as a, just a little bit scary and a little bit in, too intense. Or it's seen as, from the outside, a little bit of an interference. Well, the parents must be interfering. They're getting too involved. They should leave it to the experts. And yeah. and who knows your child better than you? I remember when we were looking around primary schools and we went to one school and I really wanted the twins to be in the same class because you can have, you know, in... in in the reception, you can have you can have two intakes, you can have two classes. I wanted them to be in one class, and I went to the school and I said, "Do you have separate classes?" And they said, "No, we we separate twins." And I and they had two classes, and I said, 
And I said, why do you do that? And the answer was, because we know your children better than you do, which was astonishing for two reasons. Firstly, she'd never met my children. Mm. At this point, they were three and they'd never been near that school. But secondly, what a crazy thing to say. Other people can become involved and get to know them well. But as the parent of the child, not in all relationships, but mostly you are going to know what makes your children tick the best. Yeah. It doesn't always mean you'll do the right things. But you are the ones that know them the best. Yeah, and it's, it's that stability, isn't it? So, you know, I think that it is key to have parents involved um, to a point. Um, and it, I mean, every situation is so different because every parent has a different amount of uh, input. I mean, you could also argue with the family connections. You've got Tony, Tony Nadal as well, uh, heavily involved. But I think it's different to a parent. You know, being an uncle, it, it's, it's maybe one step removed, but still that level of stability. You know, he's always been, he's never gone anywhere well, I mean, he's not there. <laughs> I'd say that. I'd take that back. He's not in the box anymore, is he? He's gone. But you know, but you know, he's always there in the back. It's not like Rafa's gonna phone him yeah. and go, Tony, I need some help, and he's gonna be like, nah, not interested. We're I'm done. done. We're done. <laughs> it's We're over. Done. We did well. Felix. Sorry, it's gone. And Coco Goff, who's Coco coached by the dad, but they have other people to help, and the mother travels as well so it's I don't know I could completely retract this entire conversation after watching King Richard I might go actually parents step away (laughs) don't be involved leave it to the professionals it's a terrible idea there's a balance and there's always going to be one instance where I think I'm pretty sure I was trying to think during that I listened to an interview recently I think it was with Horia Takao it might sound a little bit random, but this was around the NITO ATP finals of which he is part of with Kevin Kravitz and he's actually announced he's retiring at the end of at the end of the tour finals, had a wonderful career. But I'm sure it was the Takao interview when he said when he was younger that his father was his was his coach, and that's very common, the sort of the initial coach. But it got too intense. But his father and he started to not enjoy it. But his father knew when to step back, and he said it was his father knowing when to step back, even when he was so young, that allowed him to carry on, flourish, and enjoy the game of tennis. Because if his father had stayed, he was very close to quitting tennis even at that young age. Yeah, it is difficult because you just don't know how, as you say, it's about knowing your child. I think that's the main thing and understanding what works for them because you do see some that are just sort of, they, they push, push, push a lot um, and, and others that are sort of uh, able to, to dial it up and dial it down. It is it's difficult. I mean, there's different levels of involvement, isn't there? And there's obviously going to be a line for, for everyone. Um, it's difficult to know what my line is going to be <laughs> <laughs> well I see the path I, again I don't think you should go and watch the film <laughs> because because I'll be over there with my notepad yeah, baby Fernandez already been having sessions since he was a child and it was when I was listening to you and another colleague of ours just having this conversation you say no it's a special ball and it's got these holes in it so they can yeah. grab them I was like wow this is there's me I just get a ball and sort of roll it to them you, you're on you're on a different level that's a different level well there's nothing you know success is what motivates children they need to fail but they need to also be successful at the same time so it's about that combination um, you can't have too much of one without the other so that's why you need a certain type of ball that's going to allow that to that ratio to be correct you see it's it's just <laughs> i should have come to you if i don't have these elite athletes when my children grow up it's because i didn't go to you I'm, when they were I'm young talk- i didn't have sessions i'm talking nonsense didn't have I sessions just got the balls they're just there's different balls lots of balls rugby ball tennis ball the works i should have come i should have come to you for sessions um, but on the emma radicana front torben belst long-term coach oh, yes. of angelique kerber spent time with donna vekic um yes. your initial thoughts just on on that appointment uh well i mean 
great, really. I yeah. mean, he's just has got experience, lots of it. Seems like a very calm. He's always everyone talks about his positivity. He's always been very positive. He's got a lot of experience, calm, knows his stuff. Clearly, a very very hard worker. Um, and uh, you know, it's a fascinating prospect taking on someone like Emma with the situation she's in. I mean, how can everything be so new to her? Because everything is new to her, but yet she's won a Grand Slam already. It, it's just so it's, it's so extraordinary. Uh, the only one that I can even possibly compare it to in recent times would be somebody like an Ostapenko, but even she was a pretty established uh, um, tour player and a world former world number one junior, and mm. I think she'd won singles Grand Slams as a junior anyway. So it's entirely different because Emma wasn't at that level. So it, it's just, yeah, I mean, it, f- in the one sense, he's pretty much taking a now 19-year-old girl and a uh, woman, she's 19, uh, a 19-year-old woman and um, sort of showing her the ropes of this is tour life, this is what it is, this is what playing in Cluj and in, in these tournaments and week in, week out and, and this is what's expected and this is what happens when you're not playing very well and this is what's going to happen when you're playing okay and all mm. these different things that she's yet to experience. So it's almost like he's got a brand new player who's sort of ready to break through and then on the other hand... She's Emma Raducanu, one of the biggest superstars this sport has. And she is. She's legitimately one of the That's biggest crazy. superstars when this you, sport when has. You, when you split it you know out, I mean? spread it out As like in, that. how do you tackle that? So it's, um, it's a, a fascinating project for him to take on and one that I don't think anyone will ever see again. I don't think anyone's ever seen it in, any, in, in sport because everybody's always been sort of on track. I mean, people talked about Osaka and how how it sort of came out of the blue for her. But then when you look at it in comparison to Emma, it didn't really. She won the uh, future, oh, oh gosh, what's it called at the WTA Tour Finals? Is it Future Stars Tournament? I think it's Future Stars. Yep. She won that. I think that was under 16s or under 14s. When she won, as in she was on the map. You yes. were not surprised that she, you know, uh, did incredibly well. It was obviously just the speed and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you go about it. Torben Belts is a very experienced coach. I think that it, it's it's a great appointment. I'm very excited for it, but whew, my word. I mean, I, I'm sure he'll enjoy it, and I hope that it's a, a really fruitful partnership, but it is not an easy job to do. So due to the hour and a half we spent chatting before we started recording, we will have to go and do some work oh, yeah. quite shortly. <laughs> on now. Uh, so three quick questions. Who's going to win Guadalajara? Ooh, Contavit. Wow. What's your answer? Uh, yeah, Magrutha because I've been thinking she's going to come good and she's had injuries and, and as I say at the start oh, of the year I, yeah new picture of, so <laughs> I just think and, and the crowd with Magrutha the atmosphere in some of her matches she's been great I think I'd like Zachary say, but I, I'm just I'm going to go Magrutha yeah you're going to go Contavit Contavit yeah um, who's going to win the tour finals tour finals tour Oof. finals Zverev Zverev Mm, who's going to win this? I think... Oh, I can't be that boring. Okay, I'm going Rublev. Oh, wow, okay. Well, it, it's easy to say Djokovic, isn't it? Or Medvedev. Yeah. That seems to be the, the common two. Anyone who's lost their opening match? Because as we record this, we've had first rounds have been played. Yeah. And we both Because picked... people have lost matches before and still won the whole thing. Yes, they have. It, it, look, it's possible, but you're going Zverev, who, yeah, as we not, speak, is... No, he hasn't lost... Uh, today he hasn't lost. He's in a. He looks like it's going to decide it between Medvedev and Zverev. I'm going Rublev who beats Sitsipas. And would you be interested with a jumper that says Dog Mum? 
Oh, I'm, I'm start. No. Start. No, hang on a second. No, no. Starting to think about no, Christmas. Starting to think about Christmas. I'd rather have nothing. A friend of mine is starting up a new business. Oh no! Now this is about helping friends. It's about helping. <laughs> Fine, pull, I'll take the cling on the heartstrings. Um, and she's no, they're they're fantastic, and and she's appealing. Apparently, there's all these dogs that have Instagram accounts. Actually, we have a few that follow us, but these dogs that are quite famous, and they just take right. photos of the dog and they put stuff on the dogs. So you tried to put things on Sven, but he just looks too grumpy to to be an internet sensation, I think. And now she's doing this, and one of her things it says dog mum. As would you wear it? No. Excellent. All right then. Absolutely. Okay. Not. Fine. Wow. Um, okay. yeah, that's, right. that's all, I've, all I've got at the moment. So okay, sorry great. to shut that one down. No, no, it's <laughs> fine. It's <laughs> fine. Looking for the big finish of the pod. Looking for the big finish. I'd love a jump and say, Dog Mum. So, all right, on that happy note, go and do some work. I'll just go for the big Okay. <laughs> <laughs>